You're listening to Faith-Based Mental Health, a weekly podcast designed to bridge the gap between spirituality and psychology. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Colt. In today's episode of Faith-Based Mental Health, Dr. Ron and I are joined by Chris, a fitness enthusiast whose life is shaped by his commitment to physical health. He shares an empowering message, fitness is more than looks. It's about self-respect and being present for life's milestones. Chris reveals the strong connection between physical activity and mental well-being, urging us to rethink our lifestyle choices. The episode wraps up with practical advice on overcoming obstacles to our health goals. Packed with inspiring insights, this is one episode you need to catch. Tune in, get motivated, and embark on your health journey today. Welcome to Faith-Based Mental Health. I am your host, Pastor Cole. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Ron, and we are also here with our friend, Chris. How are y'all doing today? How are you doing, Dr. Ron? Oh, I am so excited about today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about fitness. I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder. No, go, go. But I wanted to jump on this and just let everyone know from the offset that I'm into fitness. Okay. Fitness taco into my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Every day, I'm hustling. Believable. Believable. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to go uh, any further. Chris, I know you're actually into fitness. How long have you been in this fitness space? Um, well, I've been working out and being active since I was as young as I can remember. But I got into the industry when I was in college. And then after that, obviously, the military is big into fitness. I mean, it's been a habit that's been part of my life. It's it's not even something I do anymore. It's just who I am. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, hopefully, and as time goes on, it'll be more a part of who we are as well and, you know, as individuals. Uh, and that's a good segue, I think, into our first question that we wanted to ask. Chris, for you, why is fitness so important, physical fitness, why is it so important to you and, and why should it be to more people? One, for longevity of your life. Obviously, people want to be here for their kids. They want to be here for those great moments of walking their daughter down the aisle or to see their son graduate college. But um, furthermore, it also is a sign of your own self-respect, keeping yourself in a, a healthy state. So it's always been one of those things that I always want to present the best version of myself forward. When I show up and I look like I'm in great shape, People know that I respect my body and I respect myself enough to to carry myself that way. So that's why it's always been one of those things that has just been ingrained in me. You know, that's an awesome answer. And I appreciate that, so how you've made it personal for yourself. And now I'm wondering, for a guy like me, what does physical fitness have to do at all with mental health? Like, why are we talking about? physical fitness on this podcast? Huge. It's a huge correlation between the two. You can Google it, but there's hundreds of, of research results that show that physical fitness has a lot to do with your mental health state. One of the biggest things I always talk about is that when you're a joyful person, when you're happy, you tend to move more. You outwardly show your emotion when you're happy, when you're joyful. So when you go in the gym, if you are depressed mentally and you're in the gym, you're moving, your body can't correlate two different emotions at the same time. It's almost impossible. So your brain says, my body's moving, but I'm sad. 
So it automatically changes the chemical balance in our brains and says, we're going to do what the body's doing because the body is doing something that is great and it feels great. So it immediately kind of jolts the body. It has a huge effect on the overall mental health, not to mention the dopamine levels in the brain spike. You've got serotonin that, you know, your uptake of serotonin increases and it's just, it creates something in you that wouldn't be there if you were sitting on a couch, say, right? There's a huge correlation between the two of them. Even the Bible talks about it, about taking care of the vessel that God gave you. Corinthians 6.19 talks a big portion about how your body is a vessel from God. And the more you take care of it, the more that you're going to feel closer to God. You feel closer to God, you're going to have a better mental state. I guarantee it. I buy that. Yeah. Amen to that. And I think just about anyone listening could attest to when they're in a better place as far as their physical fitness, their overall well-being just seems better. I know that's been the case for me. Dr. Ron, I'm sure that's been the case for you. And it's- That's absolutely the case for me. I think the last time we had you on, I had just eaten a bag of vegetables. And today I had a brownie before the episode. <laughs> I, I, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling a little, I'm dragging a little sluggish. bit. Sluggish. Sluggish. Uh, guilty. Feeling a little bit of shame on that. And it's all tied to overall well-being. And, a lot of uh, times, too, you yeah. have to think of like the anxiety it causes when you are overweight. You're not healthy. You don't feel comfortable in your own skin. You don't feel comfortable with the clothes mm-hmm. you're wearing. You're stressing out about events that you have to do with family where you might have to be in a swimsuit of some sort. And it causes more undue stress on the body that shouldn't even be there if you would just go to the gym and, and work out and be healthy and be active. That stress and that anxiety, at least you're taking that one portion off your plate too. It's a little bit of a segue, but it's just something that kind of brought to my mind. I want to be careful because there's all kinds of people listening and there's all kinds of situations. So we're not saying, I mean, I'm saying I feel guilty and shame because I ate a brownie, but I'm not trying to project that on everyone else. That's my issue. I think we've talked at depth about my particular issue in this area. So definitely we want everyone to feel comfortable and confident in their own skin. Absolutely. But we also want to make a pretty definitive statement that up is up and down is down. There's kind of like this movement in America today to try to celebrate, you know, and we should celebrate people of all shapes, sizes, et cetera, et cetera. But there's healthy and there's unhealthy. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about a number on a scale. It's about your overall health because you can be a twig and still be unhealthy. So what would you say to that, Chris, this new movement to try to like almost glamorize and glorify being unfit? Uh, Physically. Physically. Yeah. What what would you say to that? I know it's kind of off topic and we're sort of springing this question on you. I think it's, it's, it's a way of masking what's really going on. It's our way of trying to say it's okay not to be healthy because we're unwilling to do the work that it takes to be healthy. Because health has nothing to do with your body shape. It has everything to do with choices in life. Going to the gym and eating healthy is a choice that you're making in your life. It's a statement saying, I want to be healthy. Eating bad foods is saying, I want to lay down with drunkards. I want to lay down with the gluttonous. That is not what we are as human beings. That's not what we're designed for. I think that's what the problem is. We've we've glorified it because we're just unwilling to do the work. We're unwilling to make healthy choices. So we say that it's okay to not make the healthy choice. And we mask it with something like, oh, it's okay to be comfortable in your own skin no matter what size you are. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. which is a true statement. 
but we're using it to justify laziness is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which you say it, it, it has to do with masking this whole unwillingness to put in the work to make the healthy choices. Cause a lot of times the healthy choices are not the fun choices. I love brownies, you know, but I can't, I can't just go pick out on brown, you know, eat brownies. I bet you can make healthy brownies. I think probably. I just, I don't know how, but it's probably a thing. It yeah, is, it I, is possible to make healthy brownies, but at the end of the day, it's not about the fact that you can't eat brownies or you can't eat pizza or you can't have your taco fit in your mouth. What it has to do with is we don't yeah, overeat. We don't, we're not gluttons. We don't mm-hmm. go past yeah. what we need for sustenance. You can eat one brownie. The problem is when you eat 10 brownies, you know, that's where the problem comes in because we're, we're allowing ourselves to go down a, a hole that we don't need to be going down. Have a slice of pizza. Just don't eat the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we were planning to get pizza after this. Yeah, we talked about it. Right before this episode. This was a great time to talk about it. Uh, so we kind of already moved into the next segue, which is what are your thoughts about nutrition and how it plays into fitness? I know you have a nutritionist on staff with you. How has her input in the company and everything that you're doing impacted overall your mission? And, and then what would you tell us about nutrition and its relation to fitness? Nutrition is a huge portion of it. And a lot of a lot of people in the fitness industry will tell you that it's about 60% of the actual overall health goals that you're going to have. You can imagine it like this. If your body is an engine, okay, the larger the engine, meaning more muscle mass, the more fuel you're going to burn. But if you're putting bad fuel into your body, you're going to get bad results. Think if you put diesel fuel into a gasoline car or vice versa. The car is not going to run right. It's going to sputter. And it's going to have problems. So when people have sleep problems, those problems come a lot of times from unhealthy nutrition. And it's prolonged unhealthy nutrition that causes that. So you start putting good fuel in your body, you're going to feel better overall. And then it starts to, to bleed into what your fitness stuff does. If you can't lose weight and you're working out like crazy, but you don't have the nutrition, you're never going to get to your goal because you have to have both parts combined along with hydration too, which is a whole nother piece. That's not even nutrition at that point, but you've got to have got all water. You got to have all the building blocks. If you don't have all the building blocks, you're missing something. You're you're not getting the proper fuel that your engine needs to be able to get from point A to point B. Period. And, and then, how does your nutritionist play into the overall mission of so, True North? So, what we do is, as I take a client on, the first thing I do is I'm going to assess them. And a lot of times people think that they've got a fitness goal that they want to reach and they've already got a massive amount of, of workouts going on and fitness stuff going on. So I bring her in and I'm saying, okay, so let's analyze their nutrition. And most times we find it's not even that they're not eating right. Sometimes they're just overeating. They don't have a balance of the right nutrients in what they're eating. They're eating healthy, but they're overeating on their protein, but not eating enough in their carbs. A lot of people think that fasting and starving their body is the quickest way to get somewhere. And actually, it's the opposite. Fasting is probably one of the most detrimental things, but it's become a fad because Instagram and Facebook are throwing these people that are advertising fasting on you. The long-term effects are terrible on the body. And she's huge into no fasting and to not trying to starve your body of the carbs. She wants the balanced diet. And that's what she teaches to our clients is that You need everything in your body. You just need it in the right portions at the right time. 
and you'll be successful. It's not like you can just throw whatever you want in your body. You've got to throw the right stuff in your body. And that's when you're going to see the, pro the progress and the gains in your fitness goals. It sounds like I could use those services. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Literally. Last week, I, I not I am not picking on you. I said absolutely. Yeah, I need me, just, me too. Anyway, that's all good. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, yeah. I did a fast last week. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't. I mean, right. We don't have that knowledge that, that she has. Well, and she's yeah. realistic too. If you like brownies and you like pizza and you like those things, there's ways of building those into the diet plan that she has. And she only has a couple rules. If you don't like something, don't eat it. I'm not going to tell you to eat beets. You know what I mean? But we're going to talk about some yeah. solutions that may be just as beneficial to you. So pizza is an okay option once in a while. This is an okay option over here. She's realistic about what she does. It's not trying to make these crazy constrictions because over time, if you do that and you constrict your diet for, say, two months, what's going to happen at the end of it is you're going to bounce. You're eventually going to say, I got to break down. But when you break down, you're going to eat crazy for the next three months mm -hmm. or so, and you're going to yo-yo back up. And that's a huge thing that people struggle with is knowing where to find that balance. And that's what we do is we help clients find the balance they need to say, okay, it's okay to have a brownie. It's okay to have that piece of candy. Just don't go crazy with it. I guess what I'm hearing you say is the reason why I ate the brownie is because I fasted <laughs> this week. I'm this direct, this I mean, actually happened to me. Yeah, this past week. Yeah. yeah. Although truthfully, I do blame him because if we're here, we're celebrating. This is a unicorn. Right. We're in the same room at the same time. Right. Yeah. The brown. The brownies on me. So we are celebrating <laughs> with the brownie. But you had a good thought. We're talking about fitness, and we're talking about the nutrition side. And so I imagine nutrition is a big part of what I'm about to ask. But I wonder what else is in your experience working with clients, or just in your experience in general. What have you seen to be some of the biggest barriers to individual health goals, fitness goals? If you would speak to one or two of those and just how does someone overcome that? I'm going to break it down into two groups. The first group is the people that have no fitness knowledge, no nutrition knowledge at all. Their biggest struggle to get over is the accountability. That's the big one because they'll go to the gym, they'll get that motivation in them. And then that motivation is going to start weaning after about a week or two. And if no one's there to hold them accountable, to ask them, did you go to the gym today? What did you get done? Then they know that they can just crawl into their, their blanket under the couch and they're fine for the night. And then that's where it ends because no one's holding them accountable. That's their biggest portion. Now, for people that have the habits of going to the gym and trying to eat healthy, a lot of the times they don't have the knowledge and the tools to know how to make it work for them. They're trying to play doctor essentially on their body. The body is extremely complex. So it's, there's no simple fix like, oh, this girl's diet and this guy's exercise plan. Every human being is going to be unique based on what they do for a living, what they do for fun, and how they like to spend their time. If we don't take all that into account, then they're not going to get anywhere. So a lot of my clients on that side, they're at that plateau where they're just not seeing any results anymore. And I've got to take them and, and really hone in what they're doing and why they're doing it and try to adjust their intake of calories. Most times it's an intake of calories issue. It's not a working out issue. And mm -hmm. so we got to look at their nutrition and then adjust what they're doing and then give them the knowledge to why they're doing it. It's, it's simple for somebody to make a diet plan and make one of these apps online that can, can teach you how to do that stuff, but you don't really learn anything from it. 
We teach you why you're doing it and what the body needs. And then you can start actually listening to your body too, because your body craved that brownie. It craved that brownie because you need sugar. You need glycogen in your bloodstream. So we take all those little things into account and then start telling you how to listen to your body so that way you know what you need. Have you ever had a time when you craved salty potato chips? Yes. That means you're more than likely, right before, that means you're dehydrated usually. Your body craves salt. Right before the brownie. <laughs> right before the brownie. When you crave salt, 90% of the time it means that you're dehydrated. Because as soon as you eat salty wow. potato chips, what's the first thing you do? Drink a right. lot of water. Yeah. So usually yeah. that's your body telling you that. There's little signs like that. And teaching clients how to read their body like that is the next step for them. So that that's the two groups. You got the, I don't know anything about fitness and nutrition that we just have to make sure that we have an accountability plan for. And then for the, the more experienced, then it's just honing in what they're doing and finding the little gaps where they don't have the knowledge to get them to be successful. It just blew my mind yeah. for a second. Yeah. Like, I guess like whenever you see on the movies, like the bar and stuff, they always have the pretzels and the salted peanuts. Salted peanuts and stuff. So yeah. I guess it's so people drink more yeah. and they get more money. That's why that's free. Yep. Free peanuts. Yeah. Yep. That's, or, a, or that's like, actually exactly why they even, do it. Wow. Even at the steakhouse. That's obviously like Texas, whichever steakhouse it is. What was yeah. that burger? Five guys fries, the free salty peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those guys, they know this they stuff. They know. That's how they get you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. wow. okay. All right. Whoever's listening to the podcast up to this point, this, that little one snippet was worth it. The fact that we're being manipulated yep. as a society and we don't even know it. Yeah. So, which kind of goes into kind of my final thought for today. And we've already touched on it a little bit. In what ways are we as a society being manhandled, manipulated? How have we gotten to this place as a society where we actually have an epidemic of obesity? Just in general, what are the broad implications of what we're talking about today? What do you think? I think it's all mental health related. And again, wow. it's a lot of the times it's people masking things. And they try to speak loud enough about their point to try to mask everything else going on. What I mean by that is if, if someone's obese and they don't want to make the, the choices to become healthy, they get online and they scream, my body is, is beautiful the way it is, but they're horribly unhealthy, right? And so then they get other people thinking it's okay to be unhealthy. But because they've got a following of 2 million followers that's taking that message the wrong direction. So then they go down that hole too. We've gotten into video games. We've gotten into social media as our crutch for what we do. I have a son. When he's here, we play very little video games. We go outside and we play. You know, we go outside and we take skateboards out. We take bicycles out. Those things have been lost because parents don't actually have their kids out playing anymore. Most parents aren't home anymore. All these little things are adding into the obesity problem because we're pacifying kids by letting them play video games so that way we can get on our social media and do things that make us happy. Who cares about what the kids are doing? Uh, what's crazy is in my counseling, you would be horrified by the sheer number of parents it's the parents who are playing the video games mm. and completely ignoring their mm -hmm. kids because mm. they're addicted to it. that. Ge the generation now has come full circle, right? We could do a whole episode yeah. on yeah. how wacky addiction to 
technology is. Uh, I could tell you some freaky horror stories of how I've seen technology addiction really run rampant and destroy some people's lives. But uh, I, I guess we're, it's... Well, I, I was just going to say, that's not surprising at all. You think about, you know, my generation, someone my age, I'm 31. Uh, I guess I'm not worried about sharing that, but I'm 31. And so I grew up playing video games and I loved them. I, I, w- I, I was probably obsessed with them. And so I went the opposite direction and said, no, I'm not going to have video games in my house because I don't want to spend all my time on that, ignore my wife, ignore the kids we eventually have. But I could see someone who grew up like my generation, you know, 31 years old, you got kids by then a lot of times. And so I, I could see those becoming neglectful parents. But yeah. what I'm what I'm hearing Chris say as an overall spectrum as far as the, the big picture problem is it's not that people all of a sudden think that bad physical health is healthy. It's that our society has gotten to a place where basically people have said, Hey, look, people are physically unhealthy. It's easier for us to just glorify that and to celebrate it and to encourage it. And we're going to be more popular if we do that instead of facing the hard facts of, Hey, that's not healthy. That's not good for you in the long run. It's not, it's a reaction to what so many people are doing. Yeah, it's it's easier in the long run to to just glorify that than do the actual work. And no one wants to have hard conversations anymore. I have them all the time. And every time I've had a hard conversation that someone didn't want to hear what I have to say, they immediately blame me and say, you're shaming me. I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying that it's still unhealthy. You're going to die earlier. It's statistically proven that if you're not active throughout your life, you're going to have heart disease before you turn 60. You're probably going to have a heart attack at 65. You're probably not going to be around to see your grandchildren because you're unhealthy. You can tell me that I'm, I'm bad for telling you this, but at the end of the day, it's the truth. And that's the part they don't want to hear the truth. They want the easy way out. I I totally and completely agree with you. Uh, And I kind of wanted to pick up real quick. If, if you don't mind, like an extra 30 seconds, go for it. Uh, You mentioned you're 31 years old. And I thought it would be really important to share with our audience the fact that, uh, speaking of your age, today is a special day for our guest Uh who actually honored us by coming on your birthday. So happy birthday to you, sir. Absolutely. Uh, we'll spare you the embarrassment of singing it to you. (laughs) And it's the the big 4-0 for me now. All right. Have yeah, my mom texted me this morning, Lordy, Lordy, Chris is 40. I'm like, oh, geez, mom, come on. <laughs> what does that say about her age? Right? Oh, we, yeah. won't say, we won't say that. But all the more reason why it's important to focus on our physical fitness. Yes. Uh, especially past 40. Yeah. My parents oh, are still extremely in shape. They still work out. They go to the gym every day. And, and yes. they will continue probably for the next 10, 15, 20 years. That's awesome. Fantastic. I'm, I'm trying to be like your parents. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Dr. Ron, I'm glad we got to, to do this for once. Together. And uh, Right, right. Um, Chris, we really appreciate everything. I, I can say that, again, this, this episode worth it for me, if nothing else. That comment on craving salt had no idea. You're teaching us, and hopefully I know you're teaching the audience as well. Thank you. And to the audience, if you're hearing some things that is resonating with you and that you're really connecting with, uh, I encourage you to, to subscribe, to continue listening. And of course, to check us out at serenitycarecounseling.com where you can get 
a lot more information where you can connect with us personally. Maybe if you would like a life coach or if you would like uh, to speak with a counselor. And Chris, I know they can connect with you as well. Remind us once more, where can we connect with you at? Well, now I've got my Instagram page is at True North Motivation. Again, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dr. Ron. We'll see you guys next time. I'm going to go get hydrated. Aloha. Aloha.